All right, today I am going to be going through a, a, a quick three-part series that I'm calling the ABCs of Outward Faith. And, and this comes as a way of, of expressing who we are. Now, I don't know how many of you here uh, who've maybe been Christians and believers for a long time have at some point in your life maybe done something like evangelism training. Remember when that was sort of a thing? And, or maybe you, you remember what some of those curriculums are, right? Uh, back in the 80s and 90s, there was sort of the Willow Creek contagious Christian model. Before that, if you go back further than that, maybe some of you remember something called evangelism explosion, where it was sort of this training method of how to go door to door and share your faith and do that. Well, we don't talk much about those kinds of things, but I want us to think a little bit about how it is that faith and the faith that we have does have an outward expression. And in particular, what I, what I want us to focus on is, this is not a three-part series in evangelism training. What I'm really going to be talking about here is hospitality. That we, as people of faith, are called to practice a basic form of hospitality, that we are hospitable to other people. Now, maybe when you think of hospitality and you think of faith, you, you don't mesh those things together in your head. Maybe you think of those as two different things. I'm a person of faith who believes in Jesus, and I'm a person who also tries to practice good hospitality and be a good neighbor to others. But I want us to see in the next few weeks here how those things actually intertwine together. That practicing a good hospitality, being hospitable people, opens the door for an outward expression of faith. Because I think the New Testament assumes that. When you read in the New Testament of, of the church and as it's dawning and, and it's spreading and growing, there's this built-in assumption that the people of the church, God's people, are expressing their faith outwardly. Jesus gives that command in Matthew 28 in the Great Commission, go and make disciples. And he wasn't just picking out one or two people there. He was giving that as sort of the blanket command across the board for all of his church, that we are people who share our faith in some way. And, let's admit it, sometimes we don't know exactly how to do that. Sometimes we, we stumble with that a little bit. What does it mean to be people who have a faith that expresses outward, and what does that look like in our world today? How do we do that? I want us to get into that thought a bit in these next few weeks by talking about outward faith and bringing that together with some hospitality, what it means for us to be people that are hospitable in some way. So I'm going to be pulling from this that comes from a story in Acts that shows us something about this. A story in Acts, and this, this involves a disciple named Philip and his act of hospitality, which turned into a, an expression of outward faith and what that outward faith looks like. Okay, so we'll read that story and then we'll consider what that looks like for us today. So this is coming from Acts chapter 8. I'm starting at verse 26. Here's what it says. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. 
So he started out, and on the way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Kandake, which means queen of Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and to sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In outward faith that we see expressed in a story like this, uh, an outward faith that shows us something about how our faith takes an expression for others to see and hear and know about and to share something about that. Let's think about a little bit about how that happens, maybe in some other ways, in ways outside of, of our faith in ways that we express parts of ourselves outwardly, and people see it and they know it. Every now and then, uh, you know, after church, I'll grab the coffee and I'll just kind of pop around to some different circles of people talking and that kind of thing. And well, it's, it's Super Bowl time of year, right? So Pro Bowl today and Super Bowl next week. And so I, I bump into some of these circles of some guys talking, and, and it's football talk, and it's these teams, and here's their rankings, and here's the players and the stats that they have, and here's where they went to school, and where they graduated from, and how they recruited through, and who's coaching, and what TV analysts say about it, and I don't really follow all those things. I mean, I'll watch a football game, but I'm kind of just standing there listening mostly, because there's not much I can express into that conversation because I'm not aware of all those other things. I don't follow that, but some people do, and they're passionate about it. They love it, and when they love it and they're passionate about it, they, they know all these things, and, and when they stand in that circle then, they express that together. It becomes this outward expression of some kind of passion that they hold inwardly and they know all kinds of things about it and they can't keep it in let's talk about this you know one of my hobbies things that i like to do i've shared this before right i love cooking i love being in the kitchen and trying things and and so i have this i have this habit that isn't always appreciated that when i make a meal i want to talk about it 
let's talk about the ingredients and here's what I put in and here's what I found and here's how I did it and here was the technique of how this goes and how it was cooked and here's the kind of things that I used to make it and sometimes people say, you know what, I don't care about that. I just want to eat it, but you don't need to tell me all about it. But it's something I'm passionate about and because I'm passionate about it, I express it. I, I can't help it. Sometimes whether you want to hear about it or not, I'm going to talk about it. It's an outward expression that way. I think the New Testament assumes that we have faith like that. Faith that just has this natural outward expression. I can't help it. Of course I'm going to talk about it because it's such a part of who I am and what that looks like. So let's think through a little bit of what that looks like and how we can get to a place of embracing that in ways that I think the Bible assumes we all should and will do. So some ABCs, that's what I'm going to work at this. Is This is just a way of starting us into that. Okay? The, the first step on these ABCs of an outward faith is, is what I'm going to call awareness. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And that's, that's all the further I'm going to bring it today. So this will keep going the next few weeks. But today I want us to start simply by thinking about and considering what an awareness for an outward expression of faith looks like. In particular, maybe think of it this way. The question here is one of awareness of what is the thing that we are really trying to see God do. It's an awareness, an awareness that we are people who have this outward expression of faith that looks to what God is doing. An awareness that God is already speaking and already in this moment speaking to us through his word. That he's active and present in the world around us. Are we aware of that? Aware of what God is already doing. Now, I want us to think about that maybe in terms of this story from Acts with Philip. Philip was aware of what God was doing. And, and the Bible puts that to us in pretty matter-of-fact terms. An angel came and told Philip, I want you to go to this road and be there. Sometimes I wish that God would reveal himself like that to me. God, just tell me. Tell me exactly where to go and exactly what to do. And then when Philip was there, right, this chariot comes by and the Spirit prompted him, go by that chariot. God, why can't you talk to me like that? Tell me exactly what to do so that I can know how to follow you like that. But I think it's worth wondering about that. And we don't know all the details behind the story, so this is just imagining and wondering, but I think it's okay. It's okay to wonder. How did Philip know? How did Philip hear this? And how was he certain of that in his response? I think it's okay to wonder a question like that. Now, I don't doubt for a moment that Philip could have actually heard an audible voice of God speaking, of an angel speaking to him in the spirit prompting. Maybe a voice that only he heard, maybe a voice that others heard around him, but I don't doubt for a minute that God could do that. I also don't doubt for a minute that God has ways of speaking directly into our hearts. 
Because God in his supernatural being can communicate with the people that he loves in ways that go beyond maybe what we know and experience. But God can prompt people and move people's hearts through a voice that maybe is not like the same kind of audible voices that we hear when we speak together. I don't doubt for a minute that God is powerful enough that he could do that too. That he could speak to us in those ways that just nudge us and move us a bit. I don't know exactly how Philip came to experience this. I mean, it's written down as this pretty concise conversation, right? God said this, and so Philip went. But how did Philip know? How was Philip aware of God's speaking in that moment? Was it something so obvious that that he had no choice but to deny it? Wow, that voice has to be the voice of God. Was it something Philip had to learn? That he, in his own journey as a disciple of Jesus, had to sort of pick up and figure out what the voice of God sounded like? Did he have to sort of grow into that in recognizing how that comes to him? I wonder how that works in the life of Philip and how he became aware of the Spirit's prompting. Because think of another story. I'll go back to the Old Testament, Samuel. If you know how the story of Samuel begins, when Samuel is just a small boy, he's living and serving in the temple. And the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel, starts with the the author noting for us the word of the Lord was rare during those times. So God comes in the middle of the night and he calls out to Samuel. And Samuel doesn't know it's God. He thinks it's Eli, the old priest, and so he gets up and he goes, and what do you want? It wasn't me calling, go back to bed. And repeatedly, this same scene happens. God calls to Samuel. Samuel doesn't know it's God. Gets up and goes to Eli. And Samuel himself never figures this out. It's Eli, the old priest, who finally figures it out and says, wait a minute, I think that might be God calling you, God speaking to you. That it was Eli's instruction that helped Samuel to learn and to know what the voice of God sounded like when it came to him. To recognize, to be aware that it's God speaking. I wonder if that's a pattern that that takes shape more often than we realize. Because we catch up with these characters in the Bible and, and we just catch up with them at points of the story where it's just automatic and it's assumed. Yep, God speaks and he knows it and he listens and he follows. But how did Philip get to that point? I wonder if Philip had experiences maybe like Samuel of first wondering, wait a minute, where is that voice coming from? Where is that nudge coming from? I wonder that because that seems to resonate with some of our experiences as those who follow Jesus, and maybe if you've been a believer and a follower for quite a while, you know some of those points in life where God is just nudging, and and you can't really explain it or quite shake it, but you know God is pushing something. You know God is prompting. In, In our Reformed churches and in this tradition, we 
we often will baptize infants as babies, but then at a point where faith grows and blossoms, we have this, this point we call profession of faith, where people come to profess their faith. But how do you know that? How do you know when you get to that point? Sometimes you can't quite explain that in real words. So you have to work at trying to articulate that. But when you work at articulating it and you give an expression of that testimony of, you know what, but I've seen how God has been working in my life and growing in my faith and come to this point and I have become aware of what God is doing in ways that I wasn't aware before and now I see it. I think that's natural for us that, that we grow to become more and more aware of what God is doing and how God is working and how God nudges and speaks to us in our lives to grow in our faith. That there's something about that that illustrates into this, where we catch up with Philip at the end of that game. We don't know all the background of how Philip came to become that kind of person who was keenly aware of what God was telling him to do. But I think if Philip's anything like us, regular people, he had to grow into that awareness. It didn't just happen. But he discovered what that awareness looks like. Now, in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, God would absolutely speak directly to people the prophets. We know about this. In fact, it comes from the New Testament. This is from Hebrews. Hebrews, the book of Hebrews chapter 1, starts out this way with this explanation of how God reveals himself. In Hebrews 1, it says, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. The Old Testament, that's how the word of God came to the prophets. Then he goes on, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. So the voice of God, the voice of God that spoke directly to prophets in the Old Testament, inspired those prophets to write those things down and those things become preserved as this collection of books that we put together and call the Bible still comes to us today. Hearing the voice of God today, what the author of Hebrews is telling us is, you want to hear the voice of God today? You want to know what that sounds like? Well, you know, in the olden days, in the Old Testament, God would speak right to the prophets, but when Jesus came, when Jesus came and God revealed himself through Christ, that was the perfect revelation of God's voice, of who God was. And that has been now preserved by his powerful word, sustained in his powerful word. You want to know what the voice of God is like today? We have it. It's here. It's in his word. So anything that we would take as a starting point for awareness, what it means for us to be aware of who God is and what God is saying, how God is working, it starts with God's word. Knowing what God has said in his word and knowing how God has revealed himself in his word and, and knowing and understanding that 
God would never prompt you or nudge you or move you to do anything that is contrary and against the message of his word, against the gospel of his grace. That his word always flows in that direction. So we begin with that. We begin with an awareness of his word. And that's where awareness begins for us, right? And awareness begins by reading and knowing the Bible. Because by reading and knowing the Bible, my awareness of what God is doing in the world around us today can only happen by an awareness of what God reveals about himself in Scripture. I can't see what God's doing around me in the community and in my neighborhood and in my workplace and among my relationships. I can't see what God is doing in those places if I'm not keenly aware of what God says in Scripture, of how he reveals himself in his word. But when I see that, when I see how God reveals himself in his word, then suddenly I start to see, okay, if God works like that in the world of the Bible, then I can start to see some connecting the dots of how God shows up and works in my world today, yet in the world that I live in, where God shows up and how that works. So, so that's where awareness begins. It begins with knowing Scripture and reading Scripture. We, we cannot be aware of how God works in our world around us today apart from the words of Scripture and how God works there. But let's take that to the next step then, this awareness. Because awareness deepens by making it personal. It's not just knowing the Bible for the sake of knowing the Bible. It's, it's not just academic knowledge, information. But it means something personally. What I read and know about God. It's something about my own faith and my own faith formation. That I'm reading and taking in and understanding that this story of the Bible about how Jesus came and died on the cross to save people from sin, that's me. I'm the sinner who needs saving. And Jesus died for me. It's for my salvation. It becomes personal. It becomes not just a story, but now it's part of my story. Part of who I am. When I when I lived in Colorado, came to a point where I, I needed to um, get a new car. And resources being what they were, I had to find a used car. And so I got some suggestions from some friends. And there was one that, hey, here's a real good deal on this, this Acura, right? And I had never driven an Acura before. I didn't know anything about Acuras, but yep, it's a good car. You ought to take it. Okay, I listened to their advice. I never saw Acuras around. I didn't know. But once I start driving it, then all of a sudden I start to look around and think, wow, look at all the other people who drive Acuras. I didn't know it. I wasn't aware. I had no awareness of how many other cars like that were on the road until I had one, until I drove it. Maybe you've had the same thing, right? You, you get that car and all of a sudden you realize, wow, look at all the other cars like mine that are out there. Once it becomes something that's part of my story, now all of a sudden I see, and, and here's the thing, it's not that all these other people started getting that same car after me. They were there all along. I just wasn't aware. I had no awareness to it because it wasn't a part of my story. It wasn't a part of me at that time. But once it becomes 
part of my story, once it becomes a part of who I am, once that awareness of what God is doing and how God works in my life takes shape, now there's an awareness to where I can't help seeing it other places too. It's not that all of a sudden it showed up, but it was there all along. I just wasn't tuned in to be aware of it until it became part of my story. And I was aware of it that way. So that's the next step of awareness. Right? We start by seeing how God reveals himself in his word. We make it personal. It's a part of my story. It's a part of who I am. And then the part that gets us to an outward faith. Looking for ways to express that outwardly. Awareness looks for opportunities to express faith that's outward. Looks for opportunities. Now, we see a story here in Acts where it's, it's rather scripted. God told Philip, here's where I want you to go. God told Philip, hey, go over by that chariot. If you're having a hard time picturing how that looks, I mean, the Bible says he ran up to it, but don't think of it like a, a chariot being pulled by horses that's speeding along. It, that's not the scene here. It's not like Philip is running, running, running alongside of it and trying to shout over all the noise, hey, what you reading there? No, this... This is probably something that's more like a cart that is attached behind an ox or a camel or something like that. And it's slowly meandering. So Philip runs up to this kind of a slow-moving thing where this passenger is riding and reading. So he's walking alongside on the road there next to him. That's how we picture that scene unfolding. But it was an opportunity. An opportunity that came his way where God prompted him because of his faith and his spirit and his connection with God for Philip to grab onto that opportunity when God nudged it and to go with that conversation from there. So awareness looks for those opportunities, looks for it, right? I, I start driving an Acura, all of a sudden I see, look at all the other Acuras, and at some point I start to look for other Acuras that are out there. I look for that. That our faith comes to that point of awareness, that it begins with an awareness of who God is in his word. It moves to an awareness of what it means personally to me, and then it moves to an awareness of, and how does that express outwardly towards other people? If you need a place to start with that, I would say this. Start with one. Just start with one. Start with one person, start with one household, that we don't have to think that it's our job to share our faith with the whole neighborhood and everything and everywhere, and it becomes something that's so big and so unmanageable, we don't even know where to start. So my encouragement is, you know what, just think of one. Identify in your mind one person, one household, one connection, where my faith could find an expression into that life somehow. And at this point, I'm not even going to talk about the steps of what that looks like or how that works. We've got a couple more weeks to go through this. At this point, the only thing I'm going to say is try to identify one, just one person, one household, one that comes to mind that you would think, is God putting this person on my mind? Is God putting this household on my mind? Is God revealing something there 
of an opportunity. Is God saying something to me that Philip saw and understood so clearly? That voice, that nudging. Does God work like that in our lives too? That God is actually placing someone there with an opportunity to say, you know what? Go be with that person. Go walk alongside that person's journey as they travel down the road. And just be near them. And just wait for the opportunity. Think of one, just one. And if you have to have a place to start with it, you know, start with prayer. Pray for that opportunity to come. That I think of that one person, that one household, and I just start praying, God, show me the opportunity. God, make me aware of where the opportunity is so that when I see it, I'll know it. And when I see it and I know it, that I'll be ready, ready to respond, to make me aware. We'll talk about that response and what comes next in coming weeks. But let's leave it here for today, knowing that awareness is where it starts, to be aware of who God is, where God is working, and the opportunities that God puts in front of us to give an outward expression of that faith that means so much to us. Let's pray together. God, thank you for the gift of your word and how we see in your word that you move among people and work among people and that this takes an expression, an expression that shows us today how we can be people who live like that as well. So God, we are, we're sorry for times when maybe we have not been aware. We've not been looking. We've not been recognizing how it is that you are here and working and moving among us. And Lord, we pray that knowing and understanding that you desire for us to have a faith that is aware. So God, work that in us. Open our eyes, open our hearts to see who you are, what you're doing, and how you place opportunities in front of us for a faith that grows deeper in you and expresses outward to others. Help us to do that. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.